Welcome back, everybody. Um, when I'm looking at the our next uh, guest's uh, Twitter profile, it looks uh, it reads rather uh, actor. I'm that guy that uh, looks kind of familiar, and that's a beautiful reality of somebody who you know when he got uh, Agent Carter's role, uh, not Agent Carter, but when he got a role on Agent Carter, uh, the uh, you know all the press releases were describing him as a veteran actor. So you have a guy who kind of looks like somebody. You have a guy who is described as a veteran actor. I think that's reality of our beautiful business. So welcome to the show, Reggie Austin. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's certainly my pleasure. And uh, you know, to to put another point to it is when you were doing one of the interviews and promoting the uh, you know season two of Agent Carter, and uh, you know those interviews are on YouTube, and one of the comments is like, "Oh yeah, that's that's you know that's my boy Monty from on my block." So you are being recognized by, you know, people who watch your stuff. But is that kind of the reality? People look at you like, you, you look familiar, man. I've seen you somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the weird thing. I've, I joined SAG in 1997. So <laughs> I've, been, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. But it's one of those things where I always say that right now or in the past few years or so, I've entered a phase of my career that I call uh, constipation phase where when you meet me or when you see me it's just i get like a you, you look you look familiar do i know you did we go to school together something like like man i feel like you look so familiar or, or something like that so i feel like that's kind of where i'm at no one very few people i think are stopping me and saying oh it's reggie austin no oh, i don't get that very often uh but but now people are just like i know this dude I, he looks so so it's it's, I'm, I'm sort of at that phase right now, which is great. I'm, you know, it, it, it's all good. As long as I'm working, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. No, that's that's awesome. I have not heard that expression before. I wrote that down. Uh, there's the part of me that really wants to use that as the <laughs> as as the title for our our show. I'm probably not going to, but it's it's great. I love it. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's kind of work our way back a little bit because there are there are things. And uh, I, I told that uh, to Reggie you know, when we started uh, before the recording, but you know, I have not seen Reggie in anything. So I don't have that constipation face look. Uh, I, I love Marvel. I love uh, you know, uh, Haley Atwell. I love uh, Agent Carter. And I would, it's, it's on my list of things to see, but I haven't gotten to it yet. I haven't watched on my block. I haven't watched Pretty Little Liars. I haven't watched any of these shows. So I got to, uh, to Reggie on a recommendation, which we'll get, uh, get to. And I loved it because it gives me an opportunity to really kind of look at somebody from a fresh perspective. I'm not familiar with you. I haven't been watching you for years. I don't have any associations. It's just, I get to play. And in playing and in going back and kind of looking at, uh, at all of your credits, a number of things uh, you know, flew up at me that I thought were interesting. So I want to ask you about that. But you, know, you, you were born in New York. Um, when did you decide, again, you went to Yale, obviously, and we'll get there, but when did you decide at what point that, hey, you know, acting is something that I'm going to be pursuing professionally, and it's my thing? Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was a process, as I'm sure it is for most actors, but I think from, for me, it was a combination of a few things. Uh, one, I did a, a play in school, in elementary school. Um, the first play I did was, in, I think it was in third grade, I was a narrator, I was a little nervous, and it was kind of, eh was okay but the yeah. thing that really killed it was in fifth grade we did a play of the line the witch in the wardrobe based on the yes lewis book 
Um, so we did that play, and I played the the dwarf, the white witch's dwarf. Okay. Uh, and you don't know me. Uh, I am six feet three inches tall. Yeah. Uh, I'm a pretty tall guy. Uh, yeah. School picture. I'm always in the back row. I don't get to hold the sign in the front and be like, you know, you know. I'm always in the back row, and every uh, school picture it was classmate, classmate, me, classmate, classmate. That's uh, sort of how it was. So the same thing was true in fifth grade. Um, but playing the white witch's dwarf uh, in order to do the character and not be taller than everyone else playing a dwarf, I got some knee pads and I crawled around on my knees, uh, wore a, you know, jingle bells around my, my, my neck and, you know, talked in this high pitch voice that was very much inspired by Steve Urkel from Family Matters. Totally ripped that from him. And uh, it was... I had fun with it and it was, and people laughed and things I have like seared into my memory being off stage in the wings about to come on for a, a scene um, and hearing the bells jingle, like pe the bells were jingling as I was moving yeah. and I could hear the audience laughing already before I even got on the stage. And it was just like, oh boy, that like, that, that like, that did it. That was really what I think locked in of just like, oh man, like I, really like this <laughs> uh, and then that just grew over time over the course of uh, the few years so I knew I pretty much knew I wanted to be an actor by the time I I mean that started it but I think by the time I was 14 15 something like that I was just like okay like that's that's where I'm gonna go that's what, that's, uh, that's yeah. great yeah and all of that you know physical comedy led to Othello and uh, other things that you've been playing right <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's a, It was a. It was a process. It's funny. The other contributing uh, factor, like, yeah. has sort of a a, a sad uh, bent to it, in that uh, the Cosby Show was a huge influence for me. Um, yeah. Just seeing uh, this uh, a stand-up comedian who, when I was a kid, I just thought was a doctor. You know, I just assumed. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know, and you watch TV, and you would just assume that it's, I'm watching a documentary <laughs> or, you know, this must be a real thing. And the idea of this being a stand-up comic who's pretending to be, and just, hey, that was the life I feel, I thought that I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. There's this successful black man married to a beautiful black woman, having a family, affluent, like just everything about it. It's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Plus I liked, uh, always liked, love babies. I like kids and dealing with kids and seeing how, you know, uh, uh, the Cosby Show just dealt with kids and everything. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is this is it. This is what I want to do. Um, and then I realized that he's not a doctor. He was playing one. Uh, so I, I initially wanted to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to be a doctor uh, for my life. And then it was just like, oh no. And then that that <laughs> that eventually completely tipped. And then doctor was gone, much to my mother's chagrin. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine from the parents' perspective, because, you know, my first role was as a doctor and my parents always wanted me to be a doctor. So they're still crying, looking at the photo of me as a doctor saying, you should have been doing this, man. So, yep. uh, yeah. Okay. So Yale came uh, and you did a bunch of stuff on stage. You know, we've mentioned Othello. Um, and then you had, uh, I think, your first on-screen that I saw in terms of IMDb, your first on screen was in Beautiful Mind, which I did see. 
So I actually, I stand corrected. I did see you. I know it's uncredited, but I did see you uh, in that in that picture. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, was it uh, just, hey, you know, kind of I'm in New York, I'm going to see uh, what I'm uh, going to do? Uh, yeah, so I, it basically came about because, uh, it, so that basically if, if, if you go watch that movie, um, <laughs> I was an extra in it. And you would, normally you don't watch extras uh, in, in movies but the way it worked out is that i was situated right behind russell crowe in a scene with austin pendleton where he get the, the pen ceremony towards the end of the movie before he wins the nobel prize like they give him pens just like he saw years ago and it's a whole big thing and i was seated right behind him like it's just this scene with uh you know the single of, of russ and a single of, of, of austin and that the scene back and forth and i'm right behind him mm -hmm. um doing best uh, extra acting silently you know just pristine really uh, marvelous it's why this, the movie won an oscar i'm just i think so absolutely pretty sure uh but no i mean that really just came about because uh like you said i, I went to yale uh, undergrad and the austin pendleton also went to yale and the movie shot at princeton actually where we actually actually shot at princeton it took place there as well um, and I think the casting director may have also went to Yale or something like that, but basically they wanted to fill that scene in terms of the extras with as many Yaleys as possible. It was like a little Ivy League joke or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But that's sort of kind of how it came about. And then as they were placing extras, like the scene is full of plenty of extras, but I just got placed like right there. And that was probably one of the first, that's the first movie uh, I was in that I got to like see myself on screen the first really big job I got to see myself on screen that was pretty huge so it is yeah I mean you're 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 starting off credits in terms of your film you know next one it was a few years after that but it was the Manchurian Candidate so I mean you kind of uh, you started off on a, on a good note and being on incredible sets with uh, terrific you know people uh, in terms of actors directors uh, the whole thing was was awesome but I, I want to get uh, even before that uh, although it was around the same time as Manchurian Candidate, um, you did, in a way, kind of, you know, life imitating art. You did get to be on a reality show. You weren't playing a doctor. You were you were on the next action hero, uh, next action star, my apologies. Yeah, and <laughs> you, you made it pretty far. I think you got to the semifinals. I want to know more about that. I, I was trying to find some things on YouTube. I found some stuff. I thought I saw you, but I'm not sure. Wow, interesting. <laughs> no, that was so. That was uh, so. I, I graduated Yale in two thousand one, right? And sort of around that time, it was Survivor. I think it just aired the year before. Um, American Idol, I think, was in its first first few seasons or so. Yeah. Um, sort of like reality TV in the early two thousands was like huge. Yeah. And I remember at that time, just after having recently graduated and just trying to get my career going, um, and probably also because I was a little bit lazy, uh, but I felt like I was just like, what can I do? How can I like get things moving? And like really part of like the hustle of being an actor, how can I use this like craze or whatever to you know, you know really launch my career? And I. I mean, I can sing, but I feel like I'm, I don't want to do American Idol. I, I, so I, when this came along, it was a uh, Jill Silver produced um, mm -hmm. uh, 
reality show, basically looking for the next action star, like the next, you know, Schwarzenegger or Wesley Snipes or, you know, whatever kind of thing. And uh, so I figured like, oh man, that's, that's perfect. Like I'm, I'll, I'll definitely do that. So yeah, that was just on a, on a total whim. And it, it it's, <laughs> I went out and, 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 you know, shot it and we, we came out to LA and it was a huge, that was my first trip to LA was to shoot, uh, to be a contestant on that show. Um, and yeah, I feel like it wasn't, I mean, it didn't, obviously it, it didn't launch my career no way. I think I had hoped that it was going to, yeah. um, but I think it did help in a number of ways in terms of realizing the importance of hard work. Um, and that I, I wanted the fast track. I wanted to just, boom, I'm famous and, or boom, I'm on, you know, whatever it is. And it's to have a career in this business. It doesn't work that way. Like 99.9% of the time. Um, and even that 0.1%, like there's that there's still work, even if you do get, you know, famous fast and then shoot up there, like you're still going to have to work really hard. Um, so I feel like that was a good, and even the fact doing it at all. And even the fact that I didn't win and, and that it didn't launch, uh, that was helpful. Like it helped me realize like, I'm going to have to work really hard at this and over and over time, over a long amount of time, be able to work hard or have to work hard as well. So that's valuable. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was important. And it, again, important realization. Uh, I want to come back to, uh, to something in a second, but uh, on that show, some of the YouTube videos that I, I was able to find is, you know, they had you guys, aside from doing, uh, you know, scenes, they had you do some workshops. And uh, the workshop that I was looking at was with, uh, you know, a, I don't know his name, but is, you know, supposedly a famed, uh, you know, coach, acting coach in, in LA. And he was having you guys go through exercises, including uh, intimacy and uh, kind of uh, touch. And uh, he was talking about, you know, all of the characters are within you. It's not outside you. It's all within you. So, you know, these particular things coming from Yale and being, uh, being you know, taught uh, different aspects, did it ring true to you? Uh, was it in addition to it or was it completely counter to uh, what you were taught in terms of the characters, all of the characters just being inside of you as opposed to you have to create a character that's outside of yourself? Right. I think it, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't, I don't remember <laughs> everything about that specific uh, acting teacher and the things that he was going, was doing. The only thing I vaguely actually remember is just the idea that so much of what he was doing was trying to teach and talk to completely green actors, actors yeah. who have not had any training and were just trying to get them to understand some of the basic or fundamental principles of acting. Um, but, but I think for me, I mean, I was, I've been fortunate enough to obviously go to Yale and study there and, you know, learn all different from all different schools of thought in terms of acting, whether it's Meisner or Stanislavski, some Alexander techniques and just all sorts of different things. And sort of was able to, over the course of both training, uh, at Yale also, but also training in New York after graduating, um, just to, I, I feel like for me, I, I have taken uh, my approach to acting has come from sort of all different schools of thought and all different approaches and 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 uh, uh, tactics. Uh, so I feel like I'm very much a, a technician when I work. I think, um, and I'm just trying to 
you know, get at the character in any way that I can. So that sometimes it's going to come from something within me, most of the time. But other times, sometimes I'll need to do like a, the magic as if and, and, you know, create from the from the outside in instead of inside out. And that's that's a viable technique as well. So it's whatever means I can use to get into the character and understand how I can bring this character to life. I don't want to, I never want to, you know, wall myself off from um, any way of exploring or a uh, character exploring, uh, you know, something by, but that's not my method or, but that's not the way I, you know, I want to make sure I'm open and receiving from, uh, uh, receiving and giving in, in every way possible. Um, I, one time uh, years ago, I went to a, a uh, uh, like a seminar or something uh, that Meryl Streep gave and mm. this just after soon after college and she was giving this talk I don't even remember how I was able to get a, a invited to this thing but sat there and you know the moderator was interviewing her and asking her you know, these sorts of things and they started taking questions from the audience and I remember <laughs> a bunch of really to be honest asinine questions of just like what's your favorite role and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the greatest actress of our generation. Like, where's the, where's the good stuff? Where are the good questions? Yeah. And, and then at some point someone asked, uh, what is your process? Like, you are obviously such a talented actress. What's your process to like bring all these characters to life? I was just like, oh, here we go. Like, let me get my pen and paper. That's what we used to use back in the day uh, before yeah. Electron. I'm ready to write. I'm ready to tear through this. And and what she said blew me away. Greatest actress of her time. She's that when she asked, "What's your process?" She said, "I don't know. Hmm. It depends. On this role, it's the script, and the script alone just like gave me so much. For this role, it was once I put on the wardrobe for that part, and then it told me everything I needed for. And it's just like and it." it <laughs> How, how how this this might sound ridiculous but like it's like i get that like i feel like that's i uh, that's my understanding as well it's just like different characters it's going to be different things it's just going to be like how they walk you know they they walk in a certain way it's going to be where they're they're you know it sits vocally it's going to be you know your the, the emotional life drives it it's going to be the you know just the words themselves you know it, there's all sorts of ways all sorts of things that can feed into how you bring a character to life. So it was beyond encouraging for me to hear that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I feel like I'm 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 very much a student. I feel like as an actor, um, I'm, I'm not the greatest actor in the world, but uh, but I <laughs> I will say, but I want to be. But I feel like I also want to get rid of the idea of comparing. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. You know, it, it's you know, God made us all different. We're all you know, yeah. you know like all sorts of different beauty. So it's not a matter of being the best or the greatest at something. But one thing I can say for sure is I want to be a better actor. And I feel like mercifully, I, I think I, I am little by, you know, little by little, job by job, hopefully just getting better and better. And that's, I think that's the goal. It is. And um, again, not that my opinion matters in this particular case, but, you know, watching some of your work uh, during my research, you're really, really good. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I and the fact that you've been working since 1997, I think, has something to say about that as well. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it does. And, 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 I'm, and I'm fortunate in that. I mean, I, I say I joined SAG in 1997, and I did because of a couple of commercials that I had shot that year. But mm -hmm. I've 
not been a working actor since two, since 1997. Like that yeah. that came much later. That that came after a lot of grinding and a lot of uh, a lot of work. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which is what I wanted to ask you of. I knew that you graduated in 2001, but you mentioned that you joined SAG in 97. Like, wait a second. I don't see any credits yeah. until 2001, 2004, and really started to pick up. What, what am I missing there? So it was humor. Yeah. It was, and dur- so during college, I, I did a few commercials here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just nothing significant. And then once I graduated, it, uh, I mean, what, <laughs> once I graduated, unfortunately, because I wanted to just it to just happen, I took it took a while for me to realize like, no, nah, I got to really work at this. I've got to pound the pavement. So it took a few years of just I graduated. I graduated from Yale with a degree in theater studies with an acting concentration. I'm an actor. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyone? No. And I just like, no, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> like no one's going to walk by you and being like you. I'm going to make you a star and that's that there's very much a real way I, I thought that for far too long and my wife is very uh patient <laughs> with me through those years um but uh but now it took a while and that's why you see you know join in 1997 but like that one credit you know in 2001 2004 and then it picked up as as i worked at it so yeah no, and that's that's such an important lesson for everybody to hear. And I hope people are hearing this and understanding it that you know all all of these overnight success stories, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of them are not, and that's oh. not how life works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with the show, you know, when when I started the show, I started May twentieth, and I thought, okay, listen, you know, all of the actors are sitting at home, nobody's working. I can get to talk to a lot of people. I can learn. I can uh, get the information out, but you know, if I can get somebody on who has a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of followers, they're going to share it. This thing is going to be huge. It'll blow up. I'm going to have thousands of subscribers, you know, in a few months. Uh, and oh my God, I just interviewed somebody with 3.6 million followers. Dude, I'm in. Okay. This is going to be monetized. I'm going to be banking. You know, not that I was doing it for that, but maybe it's going to, you know, fast track something. Well, guess what? When I spoke to that person who's 3.6 million followers, I do not want to ask that person to share it because I don't want him to think that that's the reason why I interviewed him. Sure. I enjoyed it so much and it was so precious to me, that whole experience. I did not even bring it up and I'm not going to. So like three months, I'm at 710. God bless. But all of this takes time. There are no shortcuts. It doesn't work this way. Just do what you love, continue getting better at it. And at some point, things will open up. And I think that's the thing is that as you move on move along in your career whatever it is as an actor writer director host whatever it is you're doing within the entertainment industry (laughs) people say people ask me they're just like it's like i want to be an actor what should i do or like what advice would you give for early early actor uh, starting out i say the same thing every time (laughs) i say do you have anything else you enjoy doing Mm -hmm. go that yep don't don't do this, like not not for money, not to like pay rent and eat. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do this. Like I see it all the time, because this industry is ridiculous and it's really hard. It takes such hard work, um, such that the second thing that I, I tell them that if there's nothing else you'd rather do than this, then you need to make sure that you love it more than anything else, and then do the work. 
which usually involves make sure you get that training. So if they're young actors, if they're you know uh, even not even you know haven't gone to college yet, go to college. Go to college. Go study. Go to a conservatory if you can. Go somewhere. Get an M get a master's degree if you if you can. Get an MFA. Get train as much as you possibly can so you can equip yourself so that you can stand out like because that's the hardest thing is be is getting someone to notice you uh any star that hits some big whatever has been at it for forever like they're, they're like sterling gay brown is another guy that comes to mind yeah. like that brother's been working for forever and yep. it's just like people having them like, oh this is us it's like the it just it's like no 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 like that guy has been around for forever um so it's it's getting into your that mindset of i need to love this i need to be prepared for rejection i need to work hard and do all of these things but like it's got to be the love that keeps keeps you in it and i feel like that's something that is very easy to forget especially when you move from this is an art form that I love being creative and expressing myself, all of that, and moving that towards making money at it. And and it, I feel like a lot of the time it make it's the things feel mutually exclusive, where it's just like, well, I can't love it. I can't be creative and express myself and make money. I guess I just gotta make money. What and then you start losing the love for it, and then you're it's just so it's difficult, like balancing out art and commerce, I think is something that is a real, a real struggle. It's something I still battle even today. It's, it's, it's my, my life's, I think, you know, if I have anything in terms of this particular life, uh, all of my pursuits for the last 45 years and things that I continue to learn and struggle with is the fact that all of the things that I love, that I'm really good at, nobody wants to pay for. <laughs> and it's, it's how do I continue doing them and how do I monetize something in order to continue doing that full-time yeah. as opposed to part-time uh, that I still have not figured out. And you know, uh, I, I completely understand it. And you get to a point like you are so creative and you love it and you're in this for the right reasons. Then you get to a point where you have to pay rent and everybody around you says, dude, you're, I'm sorry for saying you're fucking up your life. You're fucking up your relationships. You're fucking up, uh, you know, the future of your children uh, because you're pursuing this dream. At what point are you going to wake up? At what point are you going to realize that you're an adult and you have responsibilities? Like all of that pressure gets on you and then all of that just weighs the hell down. So it's just tough regardless of what it is that you're doing, whether you're a writer, actor, you know, anything in the entertainment industry. A life coach, right? Another thing that I've tried. Um, unless Oprah says, hey, people, buy your book. Nobody cares unless you work at it for years and years and years and then something happens eventually. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's 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 life. Like it's yeah. And yeah. part of pursuing art, I think as well, is being aware that, that it's gonna look different for different people. And if you get locked in on it has to look like this, you're going, there's a really good chance you're just going to be perpetually frustrated. And, and instead of, so, because for one person, it is A-list movie star, actor, whatever. For another person, it's like C-list or something, and even maybe not even that much. For another person is, you're not doing it for money. But it, maybe you're just, you find a job 
to make money doing something else and you're doing community theater on the side. It's still creative, it's still expressive, it's still all of those things. It's just not the A-list movie star and it's just like, are you okay with that? Are you, will that, does that scratch that creative itch or are you gonna continuously, but I'm not here and it's just, that kind of lock, lockstep, you know, myopic, blind vision on something that's it'll it'll wreck you. Like it'll wreck you all along the way. Like there are, there's times where it's just like you got to work a, a regular people job. You got a nine to five. It maybe you got a nine to five it for a minute. Like it's just like oh I hate my day job. Blah, 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 blah. But maybe your path, the path that you're on, means that you've got to work that. Maybe you've had a taste of being series regular on a show, you're doing all sorts of stuff, and then you hit a patch, and then you've got to go back to working something else again for the Is that okay? Or are you so locked in on the way it's supposed to look? You know? Yeah. And I, I said to somebody, I need that to hear that myself a lot of the time. So Yeah. All, all of us do. And that's 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 where I've been. I got to a point where my wife said, dude, you know, if we're going to go through another cycle like this, I'm going to divorce you. And I've been married for 20 years and I don't want to get divorced. I love my wife. I love my family. So you have to make choices. And, you know, my answer, by the way, to uh, to this, if anybody's listening and you're trying to figure out what you should do is be OK with a day job. Be OK with a day job. Continue acting. I'm going to continue doing the show. If things happen naturally and somebody, you know, uh, offers me a role and then it grows into something else. And at that point, I start making enough money where I can substitute and go away from my day job. I'll happily do that. But I'm going to be OK not doing that. And doing that. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Yale because you mentioned something about, you know, going to college, going to that, uh, you know, getting as much training as possible, which I completely agree with. Now, uh, here's the part that I found different uh, in talking to different actors. I found that when you're going to these programs and <clears throat> the relationships that you're building, absolutely, these, these are relationships that you're going to use for the rest of your life um, and not use in a used way, but these are, these are people that you grow together. So I completely get that. The degree itself, sure, you know, somebody is going to look at it and say, you graduated from Yale. Um, the training, very, very important. What I found is that uh, a lot of these programs, and that's what I wanted to ask you about Yale, are not preparing you for the life of a working actor. They're focusing solely on, you know, here's this technique, here's this technique, here's how we can mold you into being the best actor that you can. but they're not talking. They're not talking about uh, you know agents. They're not talking about how to actually make this into a career. Uh, Eve Gordon said that in the first movie that she was on, uh, people told her uh, you know find your mark, and she had to ask what a mark is. To me, that's ridiculous. So what what have you found in Yale? Did they prepare you strictly as a artist, or did they give you tools in order to actually succeed as a working actor? Well. I mean, that, this is a very common question, common problem, I think, uh, for a lot of programs. I mean, I, my problem was even worse because <laughs> I decided on Yale and went there with the completely, I don't know how I thought this. I basically thought, because I went to Yale undergrad, I thought Yale was a conservatory. <laughs> okay. 
I was just like, all right, cool. Like, I want to be an actor, yeah. smart guy, whatever. Got into got into Yale. I'm gonna focus on acting. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna make it a conservatory. In my mind, all I was gonna do when I went to college was act. I'm just going to study. I'm gonna I'm gonna act constantly. And I did. And I did study. I did act all the time when I was there. But like, <laughs> Yale University is a liberal arts institution. Mm -hmm. That means I might have to take some science and English and what other and I was just I remember being so upset I was just like what why do I waste my time I know what I want to do and uh because like I was that dude I didn't I didn't have the college experience of just like I'm gonna try this I'm gonna change my major I'm gonna do it's just like nope I'm I looked it up already it's Yale University undergraduate degree in theater studies with an acting concentration I knew that before I got there and that's exactly what I graduated with. So it's that weird kind of thing. So I went in already from the jump with the wrong like view of, of, of college in general. Yeah. Um, but with with Yale, it, and especially with the undergrad program, even with that with that major, there wasn't an emphasis on practical application in terms of career, in terms of actually <laughs> um, making a career out of it, what that looks like. It was way, much more focused on um the art of acting and like what it involves the different schools of thought behind it um different techniques and things like that so so probably like knowing what a mark was that probably would have been me too uh coming out of it um i knew a few folks who went to yale for uh for grad school um so i can't really but i don't, can't really speak to that in terms of how they were prepared but i think that that's a common problem because i think that <clears throat> depending on what someone wants to do because someone can be an actor and go into you know, theater, someone can be an act professionally, someone can be an actor, go into television, go into film, go into like there's all sorts of different avenues where you can go and act. So if you don't know, you know, what a mark is, that doesn't isn't necessarily as much of a problem if you're gonna be doing theater all the time. Because it's just like, yeah, there's a mark, but not nowhere near the same way there is when you're doing on camera work. So I feel like the focus is usually on the craft of acting, which I don't mind. I don't necessarily think is a bad thing because people need to understand craft and work and hone their craft. But I think there should be so supplemented with that the more mm -hmm. practical um, uh, pieces of the pursuit of a career. And I think that's a difficult thing uh, to get, I think, especially in the undergrad level, um, practical training for uh, a career, a specific career, because most other careers, um, I mean, a lot of them just either have, there's either a technical school you're going to, or your undergraduate degree is preparing you for a, the requisite graduate school work that you need to do, law school, med school, or what have you. So it's sort of like that, like boots on the ground training, you, you don't see it a lot. You, so I, I don't think Yale, so I don't think Yale was deficient in, in that sense by any stretch of the imagination. Yale was great. Um, yeah. if, if anything, I wasted so much, I wasted so much freaking time at Yale, it is ridiculous. Uh, like months after I graduated, I was just like, oh snap, <laughs> I probably should have done some more there. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, so I think, I think it's a, I think it's a very common problem. And I think there's, I mean, there's different classes and workshops and things that I think that can help with that once you get out. But so, but while it is a real problem, I think it is far more important that people get trained and get good training than they do getting um that more specific um kind of kind of education 
Yeah, I, I just they they need to amend it. In my in my opinion, of course, uh, everybody's going to listen to it. But in my opinion, they need to amend it. You know, what is it like to be on set? It's not just the mark, but uh, you know, all all of the terminology. You know, uh, what what the hell does speeding mean? The first time I was on set, I heard speeding. I didn't know whether I was supposed to be responding to it. I'm trying to be in my character, and then I hear all of these other things of you know they're training you to be in theater, and you're going to be on screen. Well, you're going to be doing a lot of takes, and it's not going to be any rehearsal, and it's going to be shot out of sequence. It's like all of these things. Plus, how do you actually get an agent? You know, what's a, what's a resume like? You know, all of, like they really need to at least have people come in and talk to uh, talk to the guys about it and say this is what you're going to be doing once you graduate. So right. that's so that's what happens definitely at the at the graduate school level because I know that from friends of mine who went to uh, Yale grad school, that there was uh, a, I'm pretty sure they have like workshops where they, they have casting directors or agents and other right. are sort of invited and there are given some practical tools um, yeah. at that point, but um, no, it's definitely something that can be improved on for sure. Cool. All right, let's uh, let's get back to you. And, um, you know, a few years after, after uh, you know, you were almost the next action star, um you you got to uh to life unexpected with another austin and it's it's funny because you know your first your first you know movie role that we talked about was behind one austin now you know life unexpected is with another austin austin bases uh, a wonderful actor who uh was a guest uh, who introduced uh, us um that whole thing is is interesting to me and uh, we'll come to the austins in a second but uh that was a that was a great show I, i'm sorry that uh you know it it ran only for two years you were a regular on that show along with uh with austin um what was that experience like of being a regular because you recurred you know before that on a show but you were there i think for three episodes so this was this was kind of the the bigger one the you know uh a regular what was that experience like for you at that progression as an actor yeah um <clears throat> Well, it's funny because that job was is I mean that job is everything. That's that is like my probably my favorite job uh, to this day. Uh, but it's so it's funny. I actually wasn't a series regular on that show. The way that it worked out, yeah, the way that it worked out was I was a guest star for the pilot with the expectation of it being made into a series regular. Um, for once it got went went to the series, but that never you know materialized. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, of the 26 episodes, I was in 10 of them yeah. and uh, loved that character, loved that show, loved all the actors on it, the writers. Liz Tigelar is my spirit animal. Uh, she, I, she's, she's the creator of the show. Um, <clears throat> and I'm literally friends with pretty much all of those guys to this day, um, which is very, very rare uh, when you work in TV. Um, working in TV, it's just like you're there and you have this like this intimate setting, you're close together, other like that, and then it's gone. And then everyone is moving on to their next job. So relationships don't necessarily stick. Um, but it has for the, for for this job for the show. Like we still are in, in contact with one another. We've been to weddings and celebrated, you know, babies and anniversaries and you know all sorts of stuff and it's it was it's a phenomenal bunch and it was a, it was a great show and it it sort of helped to <clears throat> that was right around the time uh when i basically became a working actor where it really kind of like this is what i'm doing now um 
sort of that's what helped i think that's the show that sort of solidified um my status as a working actor at, at that point so yeah i mean that that show is always has a special place in my heart so yeah uh talk to me about the uh, the fart loft <laughs> oh boy yeah <laughs> oh my gosh oh boy so yeah so on the show for those who have watched it uh i my character's name was jamie um i lived with baze and mass so the three of us sort of lived together and you know in this apartment and <laughs> so while we were shooting basically there's this uh part of the the apartment that sort of set off to the side so this loft area in the back and <clears throat> at one point like lux uh slept there for a bit or whatever but there, that was it's sort of was always there and while we were shooting so most of the action of, on the show took place in the main part of that of the of the apartment not necessarily in that loft so <laughs> as a result what we would do is every now and again when you're on set you're on set for you know hours on end uh and sometimes you get a little gassy and you know but you can't really go anywhere so we decided i don't know whose idea this was first who was the first to set it off but we all took part in the yeah. glory the, the the fart loft yeah. which is we all would go to that loft to uh do some dusting uh to release the valve of uh noxiousness yeah. Uh, and it just became this thing. It was just like, oh, who was that? Oh, oh. it just became this thing. And it just, it was. <laughs> and then once the episode, once uh, uh, Brit's character Lux moved in there, then it, we we had to, you know, put the kibosh on it for a little bit because she was, you know, there. But no, it was just one of many bits of silliness uh, that uh, we would get into on that show. So that's that's awesome. And again, one of the one of the things that you learn as an actor is that just because it's on the it's on the table uh, on the crafts table doesn't mean that you should be eating it uh, throughout the whole uh, yeah throughout yeah. the whole day. yeah have to really yep. monitor what you're putting into your body. Um, yep. Very very cool. All right, so uh, moving on to uh, to NCIS. NCIS has been good to you in a way because you've been three different characters on three different incarnations of NCIS. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, how did that uh, How did that kind of come about? And do they just keep coming back to you? You know, well, I think uh, two of those were in 2013. One was in 2016. So is it just like you know, it, it's it's a book of hey, here are all the people we like. We're gonna make sure that we use them every few years. Or how does that work? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think so. I mean, just with any of these shows, um, when you you know you get the audition and you're going out and you uh you get to know different casting directors and they get to know you and um so for that i think ncis the original ncis was the first one i booked yeah. if i remember correctly um yeah. yeah that was that's jason kennedy's office uh the casting director great guy um so i think it's the kind of thing where you get on people's radar and these worlds especially when you guest star on these uh these shows like these that you know, have run for forever and have all sorts. Every episode has, you know, mm -hmm. several different guest stars, and it's the kind of thing where most of them don't recur. Um, mm -hmm. It's usually some one storyline that centers around, you know, one thing that series regulars characters are involved with, and then that's the end of your your story. You're either your character dies or is the bad guy and gets arrested or is you know whatever, and then that's kind of it. Very rare occasions you can recur if you really like stuff, but usually that's sort of one and done. But 
Um, but yeah, I think for for that one, um, had a lot of a lot of fun with that one. Uh, and I think it just the other ones just I think came about in large part because of the fact that they you know knew me and knew I you know did good work and like what I did. So sort of lent itself to bringing them back. And that's the cool thing is that when you have multiple iterations of a show, it's that much more of an opportunity to yeah. you know be, be involved in them. Um, but yeah, I mean that shows. I think they're about on their about to work on their 400th episode of NCIS. So it's yeah, it's quite the, quite the beast. Yeah, I, I had Sean Murray on, who's been on it for 17 years. Uh, I, it's 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 a it's a lifetime, uh, you know, for an actor. My goodness. Um, but it's interesting with the with the NCIS again. You did the main one that you did in LA, and then uh, New Orleans was the last one. So, but. Yeah. Uh, do they really kind of view it as separate universes because you're playing different characters and you know the the main one and the LA was the same year so do they kind of they're okay with that they, you know just because you were seen in one means that I think, so. I think so so usually when you have uh and it's you know different now than it was like 20 30 years ago um but once you guest star on an episode you're done and yeah that like if you look at shows from you know 30 years ago or so, you'll have if look at some people's IMDb's and you'll see their credits from shows from early on. You'll yeah. see have guessed three episodes on this one show, three different characters, mm -hmm. and it's you know, and it's just like you will never see that today. Like that's just not a thing that's done anymore. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I think that while with these shows that there is some overlap because it sort of exists in the same world. I think from a casting standpoint, because while there's overlap in terms of audience from one to the other, uh, I think they, they're they okay with casting. I mean, obviously, because they did it with me and with many others. Yeah. Um, they're okay with having another an actor come on to play a different character on a different show, even though in theory, technically, they exist in the same universe. Yeah. I, there's crossovers okay, whereas being a guest star again on the same uh, yeah. show doesn't happen. So yeah. it's it's cool. I love that. I that's enough from the acting perspective. That's even better for the NCIS because in Chicago, I'm in Chicago. We have you know Chicago Fire, Chicago Mad, Chicago PD. You know you're on one. Eh, you're, you're probably not getting on the other because you're already in that universe, and uh, it's it's hard unless it's some time has passed before before you get up. And, and that's the other thing too, I think that's what helps. And I think, the, but it's interesting, I feel like those Chicago shows, there's way more bleed, I feel like, than there is yeah. with yeah. the NCAS, for example. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, I think you're, you're right. Like if, if a few years go by and it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, I already did Chicago Mad, can I do Chicago Fire? And it's just like, eh, that was three years ago, so okay. I feel like that is more likely to happen. Yeah, very cool. All right. Um, I want to get to uh, to Agent Carter part. You know, I, I want to give some uh, at least a shout out to Devious Maids and uh, Pretty Little Liars. And you know, uh, before you were playing, my goodness, I, I kind of lost it. The Starter Wife. That was uh, kind of uh, your first one. Uh, yeah. I'll like to come back to that one for a second because you know you're a New York uh, kid who moved to LA for work. You are playing a uh, you know a all star relief pitcher who is traded from New York to LA. So you have all sorts of kind of little things that are that are mixing it together and you get to live, you know, one of my dreams vicariously uh, through somebody else of being a, uh, a professional baseball player. So that must have been very cool. That, no, that, that was fun. That was, that, was a, that was a huge, huge blast. Another 
funny things like that show another one where i was a recurring uh even though there were it was a 10 episode season mm -hmm. and i was in 10 episodes yep so it's just like it probably should have been a regular but okay whatever that's the business and that's the way it is mm -hmm. um but no that, that that show was great and working with uh, uh all those folks deborah messing was, was is a delight and uh just everyone else on that on that cast and crew was, was really great and i'd sort of i didn't have i never wanted to be a professional baseball player but i i like sports and um watch them and all that and i but so playing a pitcher was fun uh and there's this one scene in uh I remember in particular where I was, uh, we were actually at a baseball uh, field and they had like actual sort of, not professional umpires, but semi-professional umpires yeah. there. And I remember one take at one point between takes, I was just like, I asked the umpires like, so can you tell like roughly like how fast I'm uh, pitches being thrown? And he was like, yeah, like pretty, pretty good. And I was just like, okay, cool. Can, I, can you, can you tell me how fast I'm going to throw? So like I know, like I'm not, yeah, you know. So I'm not that dude who's just like, oh, like I'm gonna throw this like 90 miles an hour. It's like no, like there are professionals, you know, some hit 100 and hit 90. It's like I'm not gonna hit 90. I'm not stupid. Not even 80. I was like, but I feel like, like 60. I feel like I could probably hit like 60, 65 if I give it my like I really get after it. And like, all right, here we go. So I like gave it my all, like wound up and just like. Do it as hard as I could, and this ump goes like, like 40, 45. It's like, but I really tried. Well, that was, it was a little deflating and gave me a great deal more appreciation for professional pitchers. Uh, because, and I totally understand you because I'm a tennis player and uh, I'm I'm used to serving and you know my kind of claim to fame is when I was playing tennis really really well when I was growing up. I was uh, serving up to 120 miles an hour, and this is with older older rackets at a time when you know five six uh, top professionals like Sampras and the guys were serving 120 miles an hour. At that point, I thought I was going to be a professional tennis player. I was not, but <laughs> I'm used to a kind of I'm used to the motion. I'm used to uh, speed. And then my my uh, friend and I decided to go and throw a baseball because we love baseball and we went to one of the parks. And we, you know, went and tried to throw because they have uh, whatever thing with a speed gun. And we're like, okay, we don't want to blow anything out because we don't know the technique properly. But let's kind of warm up and let's try to toss it. And then, you know, eventually you start going hard. I think I hit 58, yeah. I think. And it pissed me off. But I think, and the reason why, and uh, I think if if you and I kind of uh, actually work with a with the, with a pitching coach, yeah. uh, then because it's all about technique, it's the stride, it's the elbow, it's the release, it's all the things that you have the frame and you have the ability to throw uh, much better. But unless you know how to throw properly, you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I totally totally understand that. It's great. Um, okay, let's let's get to uh, to Agent Carter. Um, <laughs> I know you're a Marvel fan, and you grew up as a Marvel fan. You know, same same thing with me. So when you found out that hey, I'm going to be you know Peggy's love interest, uh, I know you talked about this before. Of like, well, I I don't think I'm the father. I don't think I'm the husband uh, because you know because the kids look a little different. But 
you know, did that thing, a you know, whole parallel universe uh, occur to you when you started playing it? And then I want to come back to it in a minute. Come back to it. Right. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, so I'm obviously a big Marvel fan. I collected the comics when I was a kid. Um, and then all the MCU movies are just like a nerd's dream come true. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I love them all. And so just the idea, I remember when, when I first got the audition, I was just like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. Um, so then after I booked it, it was just, it was completely surreal. Um, the, the idea that I was now part of the MCU, like that's, I mean, it's still weird to this day to think that like, I'm, I'm part of this, this huge thing. I mean, obviously a way super small part of it, one season on a show, but, but it was, it was tremendous. Like, I mean, I, so much so that like, I mean, every, I'm sure everyone watching this has seen at least one Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, you know, even with like when Endgame happened and just like sort of the sort of closing of the, that big, you know, you know, 20 something movie chapter of, of the MCU was just, and seeing, you know, Haley, you know, in it and seeing James Darcy who played, um, and just being like, those are, hey, like, like, oh man. And, you know, even this last season on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I, you know, watched too, like seeing Enver, you know, come on that as, as Sousa and just like, these are my castmates. These are people that I worked with on the show that is part of all of this. And it's, it's, it's completely surreal, completely surreal. And let alone just a, a dream come true is, you know, this, nerdy black kid from New York just reading some comics and then all of a sudden being like, oh, like I get to be part of it. And that's the thing too, I didn't know the extent of what it was going to be. Like, uh, it's like, am I gonna be a superhero or a super villain? Am I gonna have powers? Am I gonna, uh, all the, like it was all this. And then again, and it didn't even matter, who cares? I'm still a part of it, it's amazing. But then I got to do all sorts of fun, amazing stuff on that show, uh, which was a, was an absolute treat. One of my one of my favorite jobs. That's that's beautiful. So uh, I again I I just just thinking about it uh, for me and again I didn't grow up as a Marvel fan because I grew up in a different country. I was 14 when I came to the U.S. So I didn't know anything about comic books until I started kind of uh, watching movies. But just the idea of being on a set uh, blows my mind. So yeah, that's that must have been amazing. And right. you know. Now that the whole okay, the, the that part of the timeline is complete, and Steve is you know uh, the husband. How did that you know? Did you get a lot of calls and people saying, "Dude, okay, it must be an alternate reality that was not this reality." What, did you go get into the whole timeline discussion with people started calling you after it? Not anything detailed of the timeline discussion, but I did have a, a few friends when they saw Endgame being like. <laughs> Man, I was hoping to see you in it. No, <laughs> that would have been that would have been so cool. And I remember even myself as I was watching and I was seeing them, I was just like, "Wait, am I in this?" It, I didn't like. It was just just as I was seeing, you know, my cast in it. So, um, but no, I mean, it, it was it was just it was it was such a treat. It was such a treat. So I feel like I, I Marvel does. I feel like can, can do no wrong. They're they're great storytellers and they have such a great. Um, base to work with, you know, in terms of all the different comics and different characters and stuff. So, um, yeah, I was just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, oh, it's it's great. So, as far as I'm concerned, by the way, 
that's an alternate timeline you were really you know with with peggy so that's that's where i'm going with it i like it yeah <laughs> okay um I'm, I'm laughing but the thing that comes to my mind that that we have to mention because uh you know chadwick passed away uh just two days ago and it's still it's still you know is incredibly sad and shocking as i'm doing my kind of prep on you and i see that you know you were uh, you were playing a baseball player who was a who was a pitcher for the Dodgers. Uh, as I'm going to you know Marvel, I keep you know Chad Chad keeps coming up. It's just yeah, um, incredibly sad. I know you didn't. At least I I don't think you got a chance to work with him. I I, I didn't see that anywhere. So, but yeah, it's just. I mean, and even though I, I yeah I didn't get a chance to work with him, and we're like beyond tenuously connected through the MCU or whatever. It's just, we are very much connected in terms of being black actors in Hollywood and trying to make it. And I feel like it's the kind of thing where you see the out, uh, <clears throat> outflowing of love uh, over and for him and, and sadness over his passing. Um, and because of his talents and because of, you know, the person he was from everything that we you know, been told about him, um, was just a good dude. And just between, you know, Black Panther and all the other biopics he did of, of prominent African-American men in history, just the, I mean, he was a standard bearer. I feel like Chadwick, like, and I think that for a lot of people, I mean, it's, and sadly, I feel like for a lot of people, especially those who didn't actually know him personally, it took him passing to realize like, oh no, like, oh no. Like he really, he meant more to me than I realized. And he did more, I think, than, than I may have realized. It's just like, he, he paves the way every time, every black actor that is given an opportunity like he has been given. And man, did he make the most of it. Man, did he, he blazed the trail in a way, just as, um, uh, Denzel did just as Sydney before him, just like all of these prominent um, black actors doing objectively, objectively excellent work and being acknowledged for that. It's just it it does something for the rest of us in a way that's different for for white actors. To be completely honest, like it's it's just different, mm -hmm. and to have that um, and to see that and to have him the way we did. Um, makes losing him all the more, um, more of a gut punch. Uh, and, but also at the same time, also incredibly inspiring. Just like, I mean, even you just said, mentioning that like, again, not in anywhere near the same degree of significance or even quality, but him playing Jackie Robinson and me playing a baseball player and him being part of the MCU and me being part of the MCU. And like uh, this crossover and seeing seeing how hard he worked um especially like four years cancer and still battling and still giving us the great art that he gave us is just like oh i gotta step my game up i gotta i gotta i gotta work harder because that's what's possible and that's the kind of almost i mean it's, it's the kind of person i want to be and I, and I think I get it's easy, I think, in, in the industry in the business to get hung up in having to make it or having to reach a certain level of as opposed to just like just create, just 
do what God has gifted you to do, do it, do it to the best of your ability. And, and so I, I, that was, it's just a reminder for me of just like, keep going, keep working. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned gut punch. That's, that's what it felt like. Uh, yeah. as soon as I read it, it was, you know, at night I was on my computer working and then I saw that come across on my, you know, on my phone. Right. So you have these alerts. Yeah. And I get this, I'm like, oh my God, I can just, it, it was devastating. And then finding out why and what really, really kind of uh, killed me on this is the fact that when he played the, you know, Black Panther and he was, he had to die on screen. When he played some other characters, he had to die on screen. So as an actor, you have to get into the right. mode of dying on screen, whereas he, as a person, he was already stage three or stage four. And just how to do that as a person, as an actor, knowing that you may be dying at any point, that that kind of really, really, really uh, devastated me. So I, um, yeah, he's, he will be missed um, for you know, all, all, all reasons uh, to all people. And I certainly have uh, that for him as well. So yeah um okay let's uh let's wrap things up with a few things you know we talked about the kind of the reality of uh, of the acting uh, life and you're <laughs> coming back to your phrase you're at the you're at the constipated you know you know face uh, a part of your acting um yep. how do you feel now do you feel like you're at a point where you don't have to do anything else and acting is it you feel i don't know if we ever feel comfortable at all but do you feel some level of comfort right now at, a, at this point in your career <laughs> no <laughs> i guess to put it simply i i think that's i think that's almost it's an impossible thing to feel because and i think maybe in some measure i probably shouldn't ever feel it because um, I think there's this sense of to be an actor, to be a professional actor, there's a degree where a degree in which you are constantly striving. Mm -hmm. um, like there are, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of actors for whom they just sit back and like they, <laughs> Denzel Washington is not. Where am I going to get my next paycheck, or how am I going to like? That's not a realistic, you know, problem for him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think every actor in, in, in some measure is always striving, is always looking to what's the next thing. And because most actors are basically independent contractors, like they're jumping from job to job to job, that means there's a very real way in which I don't know when the next job's coming because I, I don't. The next job might not come. Because it might not, and like these are because these are very real fears. You're always, as a result, having to hustle, having to strive, having to make sure that you are giving it your all. Because you never know; it might go away, <laughs> it might dry up, it might have all these things. So it's so the idea of sitting back and being comfortable, like I don't know what that is. <laughs> maybe 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 one day the good Lord gives me that, and I'll be super grateful but it's it's not a and i guess if i'm completely honest i kind of feel like i don't want to get there yeah. because then i'm then i'm gonna sit back and and coast 
and then I'll stop like the mm -hmm. this right here this this move is like the creative juices is like the like the feeling you get when you're uh, when you're playing a character and you're, you're when they're about to say rolling or when you know the stage you know the house lights go down and you're about to walk on stage like that feeling um, I even get that feeling watching good art like I love that feeling like like God made me someone who has that and feels that and and I feel like I wanna I don't want to lose that I feel like that's part of who I am and I think that I I wonder if I got comfortable from in, in a sense with my career that I would lose that um that juice mm -hmm. I don't know it's interesting maybe it's kind of I guess it's really a kind of a thought experiment but I, I don't know I I never want to get there I don't get me wrong I want to not have to be like oh how am I gonna pay my mortgage and are my kids gonna eat and blood with all the all the regular people stuff like I would love to not have to sweat that like that that's 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 real um but past that i i, I don't want to i don't want to get lazy about it i want to make sure i'm i'm, okay. I'm doing, still still you know chasing the good eye or whatever <laughs> are you doing anything again and uh i the numbers don't matter but are you doing anything to ensure that hey you know if if i have some lean years like right now COVID happened all right so uh productions uh production just got uh, shut down for a while so are you doing anything to diversify to kind of put money aside to do something else so if lean times come you're okay right yeah i mean there's there's various things that artists do uh to do that and that, that happens all the time and i feel like it throughout my career there's always there's been multiple uh points where it's just like oh no like or that that some worry inducing something will happen where it's just like, oh man. So so it's when we uh, when I first got married, it was just like oh like all right, I really got to make sure I'm. Thinking. So it's yeah. when I got married, when I had my first kid. Yep. Uh, the, the pressure there. Bought a house and it was just like uh like I need to make sure that we had a second kid, we had a third kid like. All of these like life moments keep happening. It's just like, but oh, oh, I need to like my career. Uh, what do I? Uh, all of that anxiety, like all that, you know, ramps up. And the same thing happened with with Corona, where it's just like, you know, we're not having this interview in person because we can't because yeah. uh, and like everything is crazy, right? But it's just and so as a result, the same degree of anxiety will crop up. Where it's just like, well, then. Will I ever work again? Or this maybe this is the end, and blah, blah, all this stuff like that, and it's and maybe it is. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe, but maybe it is. But it, it's it's again it's that constant pursuit. It's that constant striving, and mm. I don't think it is. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I keep at it, and I, I find all sorts of different ways to to keep the creative juices flowing, but also to pursue other, you know, revenue streams, whatever. Uh, voiceover has never been a huge part of my career, but in, in in these times, that has become a thing where it's just like, I need to be pursuing that more. So there's a little studio that I set up in my house in my son's closet um, to do voiceover auditions and hopefully one day uh, gigs to do. To, to do. Um, there's, yes, there's, I had the opportunity to uh, work on a, to direct, to direct for the first time. I did a, a, a um, 
a friend of mine, after in response to uh, George Floyd, wrote a poem um, about it, and we basically just put that uh, sort of sort of spoken word esque type um, thing where I, we just I said I'd love to to film this, so I you know got together socially distanced film mm -hmm. shoot and got to act in it as well and direct it, and that it's up on YouTube. Go check it out. It's called Grace Grace Poem. Grace. Yeah, Grace. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna look that up. Thank you. I think it's actually it's linked to my my uh, my Instagram. I think okay. I think it's in my bio. Uh, but yeah, so I, I got, I've always wanted to be making, make sure I'm finding something, some sort of creative outlet. Um, I've written a screenplay uh, in the past few years. Like this, there's always something. I'm just like just continuously looking for means of of being creative and expressing such that you know. Specifically, I guess now, like once things lift somewhat and the industry is starting to open up slowly, that I'm still that I'm still there. I'm still ready to do my job. Well, that's that's great. Thank you for letting me know. And then now, uh, you know, finally, you have three kids. Uh, any of them? I, I don't know the what are what are the ages of your kids right now? Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, I have an 11 year old daughter, mm -hmm. an eight year old daughter, and an almost six year old son. Very so, cool. Uh, any of them express any interest in acting? And if they do, are you going to be for it, against it? And what, what do you think? Um, uh, not not any real interest yet. No. Um, okay. There have been. I've actually taken them on a few auditions, especially a lot more now during Corona, because one of the ways in which the initiative is sort of trying to get around, mm -hmm. um, you know, socially distanced and you know all this stuff is if you just cast people that are already they don't need to be distanced from each other. So if you're doing a okay. commercial that has a father and a son, get yeah. a real father and son. And then that way you don't have to worry about, you know, so that's one of the things that's happening right now in the industry. So they've actually got on a bunch of auditions so far uh, nice. in the past few months. Um, but no one's, no kid has expressed any real interest yet, mercifully. Um, <laughs> I'm very torn about it all. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm an actor and I love being an actor as difficult as the industry is. I love it. If you were to tell me, um, you know, what would you do if you would start over? What would you do? Or what would you for money or whatever? I'm still picking acting. Like I, I love it. Um, it's just it's it's a hard business. And I remember when I first started out, um, and expressed the desire to be an actor. It took a minute for my mom to come around. Um, <laughs> uh, it took a while. She she absolutely did now. And same thing for my my mother in law when I met my wife. Uh, she she was. Very mm -hmm. kind, uh, mm -hmm. as much as she had definitely definite concerns, and rightly so. And it's the kind of thing where you know, I remember she was telling me, my wife's mother was telling me that, like, you know, what is your backup plan? Like, you know, in trying to like get it, and, and it was, I remember at the time being so like insulted by it, just yeah. like, what are you talking about, I am going to pursue this wholeheartedly. Why don't you believe in me? All these, I'm like 20 or something. I'm an idiot kid. So, you know, spouting all these things. And <laughs> over time, I realized like she was exactly right. And and the when you're a parent, when you're a parent, it's just like, oh, <laughs> it, it's totally different, you know. And it's funny because she's not an actress and she was just like, worried for me and uh, I am an actor 
and I'm worried about my kids coming to me and saying they want to get into acting. And so I mean, it's weird balance. We're just like, I think when you're a parent, you don't want to squelch a kid's dream. You don't want to tell them, you, you, you don't want to be the reason they're not doing something they feel passionate about or want to do. But at the same time, you have this very real concerns and the very real adult eyes looking at the world of just like, yo, this is hard. Like this is this, and, and as your parent, I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to have, you know, so so I feel like balancing those things out, if one of my kids ever actually does express any real concern um, or concern, any real uh, desire to get into the arts, it'll be a balance. It, I, I will not squelch their desires or dreams, but I'm also not gonna just <laughs> jump in wholeheartedly and excitedly, uh, probably as much as they might want, but you know, I think you you, you figure these things out. Yeah, uh, a couple of the you know actors that I talked to, um, you know, they or their kids, what they basically said is, hey, you know, you can pursue it, you can do acting, you can do other things, you cannot do it professionally until you're an adult. So, oh, oh, oh yeah, hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things with my daughter because again, I felt myself being very deprived and not ever having the opportunity to be the actor that I wanted to be. Uh, young, I didn't want my daughter to have that same thing. So when she expressed interest. I said, okay, here are classes. Let's go. Let's figure it out. Do you want an agent? You have an agent. Uh, continue doing it. I wanted her to have the opportunity and never come back, you know, when she's 40, 50 saying, dad, you never allowed me to do it. But I see that she kind of got things out of her system. She still loves theater. She's in school. She's a 16 year old. She's in high school and she's doing it. She loves it. But I don't see that kind of the, I love it. That's mine. I have to do it. And I feel much better about it. <laughs> yep. No, I totally get that. That's the thing. Basically, don't be the reason your kid comes back to you and says, like, you were the source of the, one of the biggest disappointments in my life. But, you know, yep. it was just it was crap. I mean, at the end of the day, if my son is the next Chadwick Boseman, then, like, I don't want to, like, no, go. Go do that. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, the tie into Denzel and Chadwick is Denzel, you know, paid for uh, for Chadwick to uh, to go and be an actor, so uh, or participated in a part of that. Yeah, yeah for a, a, a program, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my friend. Well, this is this has been uh, great. I'm really really glad that I had a chance to talk to you, to learn from you, and for all of the people who are watching to uh, experience, uh, you know, what you were discussing and how they can implement it into their own acting lives. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thanks to everybody for tuning in, as usual. Uh, we know you love acting as much as we do, and we appreciate it. Thank you.